and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. Let, let's talk about really shitty people. There's so many of them. I have a triple here. Okay. I labeled it uh, Holly, Harbaugh, and the kids. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, uh, put some thought into this one. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, let's, let's do it in order. Uh, Josh Hawley. Everybody yeah. knows who he is. There's the Missouri Senator, fist pump, fist pump on January 6th, video of him running out of the Capitol when the shit hit the fan. He's a gutless, hypocrite, phony, fraud, piece of shit. Right. He's got more fucking advanced degrees than, than 20 people you know. Uh -huh. I don't know whether it was Harvard or Yale, Law School. He knows better. He's uh -huh. a fucking phony. Like all these, God, they're all phone. They're so bad. They're such horrible human beings. But he's also the first one to bitch about elitists, supposed elitists and shit like that. Oh, get to the front of the line. Yeah. Uh, so this morning, today, Wednesday, he got cornered by Manu Raju of CNN. Manu's good at that. He's He is the guy. He He just hangs out. He does. And waits to to nail these people. And most of the time, they'll talk to him amazingly. And they'll say stupid things. Yeah. Not amazingly. So let's go to the audio tape, the audio soundbite. The January 6th committee said that they talked to a Capitol Police officer who said when you made that fist pump, you riled up the crowd. Do you regret that fist pump because of that? No. No, I don't. I don't regret anything I did on that day. And... uh you know, it's a privilege to be attacked by the January 6th committee. And I want to say thank you for uh, all the help with my fundraising. It's been tremendous. But what about the video? The fact that they did release that video and showed you running. I mean, what was the reaction to that? Oh, Mark, this, this is just an attempt to troll. And uh, listen, I don't regret anything I did on that day. And the reason I'm being attacked by the January 6th committee is because I'm in their way. And the stand that I took is one that I don't regret and one that I won't back down from. Yep. He's, he's that good. That's why... That's why he's being attacked, because everyone's afraid of him, and he's just that good. Right. He's a, he's Don't in their way. He, he's in their way the way that a turd is in the way in your bowl. You'd like to be able to flush it. I wish we could flush Josh Josh Holly. We're just not able to. No, but it's it's the attempted and false bravado. Yeah over something that is not defendable. No. That is wrong. That is morally wrong. It's everything wrong. And, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm proud of it. Plus, he can't change a thing. He can't. Oh, he, can't he also can't, like, acknowledge that he turned into a national laughingstock a couple of weeks ago when they showed the video. I mean, he's, he's got to think that he's got to act like that's the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Brit, Brit, you, you can't even nudge the door open one billionth of an inch. You cannot acknowledge for one second. Wow. Yeah. That is that is major suck, isn't it? Don't you I don't know. Maybe he's he's maybe at least in that moment. 
I want you to imagine he's he's kind of a bigger asshole than Ted Cruz in that moment. I'm not saying in terms of length of career, quality, or quantity, he's a bigger asshole than Ted Cruz because that's a tough mountain to climb. Right, but, but yeah, and Ted, and Ted Cruz has a now it's it's more than a decade long right resume. So you're you know a Brit, you're you're playing with the big boys when you're you talking about Ted Cruz. I mean, you look you look at a guy like uh, you, you look at Aaron Judge for the New York Yankees. You go well. Maybe he's Mickey Mantle, but, you know, he's got such a long way to go. But he's really off to an excellent start, right? Maybe one day he'll be right on par with Mickey Mantle. You know, you just don't know. Why not? <laughs> Except I, I think you're dealing with uh, negatives and positives there. I'm, yeah, I don't think they're quite the same, but I get the point. Exactly. <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the Mickey Mantle uh, baseball card auction story? I haven't seen this, no. Uh, you can check this right now. Yeah. Uh, his rookie card, which a guy bought, I don't know how many years ago, for $50,000, he's putting it up right now, and they think they might get $20 million for it. Holy $20 shit, million The 1952 Mickey, Mickey Mouse rookie card. Yeah. yeah. Looks to be in mint condition as well. I did see the, the story about uh, Ursay, the owner of the Colts, spending $6 bucks for the Muhammad Ali WBC heavyweight title. There's the Mickey Mantle story right there for those of you that are watching. 1952 Mickey Mantle card, $20 million bucks, they think? Maybe. Well, you know, and by the way, if the guy who wins that uh, billion-dollar Mega Millions wins yeah. it, he, he, could, he could pay more. Or Jeez, he could that pay is, more. That's some crazy <laughs> shit. As you can see, it's been professionally graded if you're watching. It's a 9.5. So you go and they grade it. They look at the edges, they, and it's been – that's, you know, 9.5 is as close to 10 as you're going to get for something that's Let 70 years what? old. Britt, it would be a 10, but it doesn't have that original Topps bubblegum smell anymore. Mm, that's right. And so you, you get another half point for the original bubblegum card smell. I wish to God I could find that bubblegum because my, my house needs a new roof. Uh, I think we could just go ahead and nail that shit up there. I think it would be much better than any material any construction company has. Yeah, that gives me an idea. Do you think I could get a million dollars or so for this uh, original Magic Kingdom ticket that I have? It's there's there's some Disney so it's fifty years old. It's there's some Disney old. person that would go crazy over that and pay you twenty bucks for it. I think maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe. All right, so Josh Hawley, just just dreadful. I mean, I guess Keith Olbermann is not going to be short of worst person in the world candidates. Yeah. His old shtick, which. Uh, yeah, really never went away. We've all used it in uh, one form or another. All right, number two, uh, Jim Harbaugh, coach of the Michigan Wolverines mm-hmm. football team, and he's an anti-abortion wacko. Right. What other way is there to, to term it? And uh, in an interview with ESPN the other day, he said that he and his wife are ready to step in if any of his players – impregnate a girl a woman yeah and they think of sweeping the baby from their life paul yeah. anka you're having my baby you could have swept it from your life you swept it. <laughs> jim harbaugh coach of the michigan wolverines and his wife say well they live in a big house and they've got room for one more so don't don't abort that child we will raise it 
faith. I have a question. Family, I, I got a football. I mean, these are my priorities. And yeah. it's, I think this issue of life, of saving life, the abortion issue, it's so big. It needs to be talked about. It needs serious conversation. Jim Harbaugh, coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, question, uh, Coach Harbaugh. Let's say that the uh, fertilization of that egg was somewhat, shall we say, less than voluntary. You still going to say to the woman, mm. oh, no, 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 mm. don't, don't have that baby. Mm. I'm your boy. I'm your huckleberry. Is that, is that going to be something you're going to say to uh, that woman? I'm, I'm just curious. I hope somebody, <laughs> I, wait, I hope somebody asked that. Right. But, uh, obviously, if you're willing to say what he said in the first place, you sure. can't possibly you can't possibly say that any of the conditions that were present when the conception occurred, rape, yeah, incest, uh, you know, flew in from the planet Krypton and was dropped here in a space sure. cap. Sure. None of those things matter. You want those. And, and this is my question to Jim Harbaugh. Just very simple. There are, I guess, hundreds of thousands of kids in this country who need a good home. They're out there. They're they're in foster care. Some are homeless. Why don't you, why don't you grab five or 10 of those right now and move them into your house? You don't have to wait for one of your, your players to get someone pregnant. There are plenty of kids who need a home. Wouldn't that be the, the real decent thing to do? Because just the fact that the, the subject comes up in that way, it's kind of kind of putting a, a, a hex on the players in a way, isn't it? Sort of, sort of. Does, does, does this encourage or discourage the use of birth control by University of Michigan football players in intimate situations? Because Jim Harbaugh is the backstop now. Right? That's, another, that's another interesting hey, I'm I'm assuming he's I don't I don't know what his faith is or whatever I don't know if he's Catholic or what the deal is you know if he's Catholic or whatever but you know would he pass out condoms to the boys would he do that sort of thing or is it just that's that's not God's will every sperm is sacred perfect perfect question uh, you you would wonder and and this almost goes back to the Matt Gates thing from our previous deal about Matt Gates running his stupid ass mouth and saying shit about you know these women are too ugly to be knocked up anyway eh, are they are they too ugly to be raped. Is that what you're saying? So they should be grateful if they're raped? I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with this, uh, Congressman Gates. But when you're in prison right. contemplating all of this after you, you go to jail for pedophilia, you'll have plenty of time to think about it. Right. Coach, you opened up the door yeah. by bringing this up. And a- as you know, once this door gets cracked open, there's there's no end to the number of variances and and questions that uh, that you can bring up. Here's a question. You know, we just had the Supreme Court ruling, what, a month ago about that whack job coach of the football team out in uh, the state of Washington mm-hmm. who, you know, would uh, pray in the middle of, a, of yeah. the field after the game and and uh, not force anyone to join him no. on the team or from the other team. But somehow they seem to always manage to do so in in, in a Christian prayer. Um. And one of the arguments against ruling in his favor that he was doing nothing wrong, that he wasn't violating church and state, uh, was was always that uh, not only was it um, voluntary, but that kids who didn't want to participate could be at a disadvantage. 
because you might think, well, if I don't go out there and pray, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to be as favored by the coach. And, you know, there's no way to prove that or disprove that. But you kind of know it's true. If the, the coach is going to want all the Jesus freaks <laughs> on his on his side a little bit more, right. give them a little bit of a shot. So does that work with Jim Harbaugh, too? So if you if you impregnate someone and you're on the Michigan football team and the mother decides to give the baby up to the coach, think of the dynamic. Think of the discussions going on there. That is so fucked up. But just think, <laughs> if, just think if that happens. Where does that put the player in terms of their status on the roster? Can does we get it, it? Move them up or does it move them down? Because you're raising your your right tackles kid. Okay, does that help or does that we, hurt? And that, by the way, me. that's the dumbest question I think I've ever asked, and I ask a lot of stupid questions. Well, I would want to, I would want one of those nil those name image likeness deals, and maybe you can have oh, campers. You know? <laughs> I want one of those uh, deals for the baby. Oh, sh- you have. <laughs> you know what? If, if we don't stop this, we're going to be doing forty five minutes of this. <laughs> It's stupid to talk. But on, Harbaugh on a, is a dick. He's just a, a dick. On a more serious note, this is the um, the test of the Fox News, Laura Ingram, shut up and dribble thing, right? We, we uh, hate it when athletes talk about, oh, would you shut up about kneeling? I don't want to hear about kneeling. The cops are fine. Black people deserve this. All of a sudden, Jim Harbaugh starts getting political. He speaks in these conventions. I love it. A man standing up for his values. I love that there's a man who's willing to do this and put himself out there, right? Here's the problem. The, the the problem was that the the uh, right tackle did shut up and it did dribble. <laughs> it wasn't he said it wouldn't dribble, but it did. <laughs> I like the way you dribble, dribble. No, that's not yeah, yeah. That, all right. That's bad. Uh, and and one more. It was uh, Holly Harbaugh and the kids. The kids we're talking about are the Trump kids. And it turns out, and there wasn't live coverage of the funeral of Ivana Trump, now buried, I guess, what, is it at the first hole of that golf course within sight of the first? That, By the way, nice visual, nice idea that you've got having, you know, your first ex-wife the buried first hole. <laughs> at, the, at the first hole. Uh, was that really in the? Was that really in the last will and testament? I gotta, I gotta wonder. Was that really something that she wrote down? Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's creepy enough. I'm sure that uh, this weekend when they play that golf tournament there, the uh, Osama bin Laden, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, Donald Trump Open <laughs> at Bedminster. <laughs> okay, that's not that, what that, it's called. It's the it's the, the fuck I, it's just the fuck Jamal Khashoggi uh, <laughs> Invitational. Yeah, that uh, that, uh, I guess you have to like uh, turn towards the grave, uh, throw out your prayer rug, (laughs) bow down. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on what time you tee off, if you tee off at one of those times that they that they do the the, here's the here's the actual story here. At the funeral, the kids got up there and did eulogies for their mother. And it's so creepy, the things that they said about Ivana Trump. She sounds like she was a combination of uh, Joan Crawford, okay, and uh, name five other abusive mothers in, in history, all rolled 
into one. Here you go. Don Jr., the warm memory of his mother, the time she disciplined him so hard she had to stop from exhaustion. Once when they were kids, Don Jr., this is him speaking the other day, said his sister Ivanka accidentally destroyed an expensive chandelier. Which, you know, kids do that. As we do that, we all grew up. I knew the one kid in the neighborhood that did that. It was a tough day for him. Right. Ivanka, it'll shock you to hear, lied and blamed Don Jr. Ivana pulled out a wooden spoon to teach Don Jr. a lesson. So Ivana bought the story from Ivanka, pinning it on Don Jr. He kept insisting that Ivanka was the criminal here. But by the time he'd finally convinced his mother of his innocence, quote, she was too tired to deal with Ivanka. To be fair, he didn't exactly say she smashed him with the spoon, but I think we can draw conclusions there. And more importantly, why are you telling this at your your mother's funeral? Okay, that's story (laughs) number one. Then there was the time when he acted up at a restaurant And uh, Ivana took him to the bathroom to show him, quote, what Eastern European discipline was really all about. (laughs) Holy shit. Dear God. (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, After she had finished her demonstration to him, she said, and if you cry, we're going to come back here and do this again. Shit, we're in a fucking concentration camp here. (laughs) This is what you decided to throw down at your mom's funeral. (laughs) Yeah, so this said, okay, that, that's got to be the end of this story. Wrong. Wrong. Now it's Ivanka's turn to get up there. Yeah. She talked about her mom encouraging her to wear shorter skirts. That's right, shorter skirts, which is what all mothers tend to do, right? They're always telling them to do that. That's great. Then, <laughs> wait, then you have, and, and remember all those clips and all those illusions that Don Trump, the father, has made to wanting to to bang Ivanka. Yeah. Right? Right. And if she wasn't my daughter, you know, totally, I'd be dating her. I totally date her. Date, by the way, in parentheses. All right. So now we have the nanny getting up there. The nanny getting up there. Uh, the nanny said that Ivana's life was, quote, a sinking swamp of parasites <laughs> after the divorce. Oh my God. <laughs> a former university classmate of Don Jr. also claimed in a Facebook post, this is not at the funeral, that he witnessed Donald Trump slapping Don Jr. in front of all of his friends because he wasn't wearing a suit. The slap was reportedly so hard that Don Jr. fell to the floor. Wow. And we all re- now then here's one that you do remember. It, it, it's one that of course we've forgotten, but you, when I say it, you'll remember it. In 2000, during a dispute about the will of, you know, Fred Trump, right? Donald Senior, Donald Trump, cut off health insurance for his nephew's desperately sick baby. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. That wasn't for Fred Trump. That was for his brother. That oh, was for, for Donald brother. Trump's brother. Right. The one that they, the one that they uh, decided they bullied into killing himself. That that brother. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that isn't that fantastically it's horrendous? That's, that's, it sounds like the most unbelievable white trash funeral you've ever been to in the most rural county in Kentucky. I mean, that's what that fucking sounds like right there. I don't care. Well, if these you know people what? Have though, money. You know what? In the most rural county in Kentucky, among the the 
lowest class people, if you want to think of them that way, they wouldn't do this. At, at, at funerals, people, really that's not wouldn't. what you do at the funeral. Right, no, no. You, you, you just don't do that. You, my, you remember the good things. And- uh, my mother used to beat the shit out of us, and she tried to whore out my sister. Well, God rest your mom. <laughs> Is that really what you guys are going to put? Out? Mm. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, and apparently, when Donald uh, divorced her, there were a lot of guys that wanted to bang her. Yeah, that's uh, that's bad. <laughs> Jesus. Nobody vetted right. any of this shit. Nobody said, "Hey, maybe we should go over these stories before you start telling them in front of the in front of everybody." Maybe we should do People that. Britt, I don't know if you know this, but uh, uh, there are no speech writers for eulogies. So you great. do it yourself. Hey, uh, hey, Ivanka, which story are you going to tell? Uh, the one where mom wanted me to make sure that I could maybe show off my vagina for older guys. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, that's that, that's a nice anecdote. Sure. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, other stuff to handle here. Department of Justice asking about the head of the snake. Yes. <clears throat> um, hey, conservative Jews, they don't want you. Oh, geez. And uh, let's see what else there. Well, those are two good ones. Pick All right, let's those. let's start with that first one because that was the story. I think it was broken by the Washington Post. Everybody's picking up on it now that the, the Justice Department is investigating Trump's actions. In January 6th, criminal probe, which should get some people off of Merrick Garland's ass for just about five seconds or so. Uh, That that is the word from the Justice Department that this is part of a a criminal situation and Donald Trump's actions are being uh, investigated as part of that. Oh, by the way, the the third story that we haven't done yet, in addition, which I saw, it's at the top of the page, which is, of course, is Wally is not dead, but Francisco Franco still is. Okay. okay. Generally, Which, by the way, that, just... that, that's a that's a definite age division joke. Oh Under a certain God, age, it? oh my God, nobody knows. No, over a certain age, everybody knows. You know right? this one. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, get back to uh, Merrick Garland's Justice Department. Back to Trump. Um, I think it's it's sort of clear, sort of clear that um, uh, Merrick Garland is not an addled, disabled, senile, dementia-ridden moron who doesn't know what he's doing. I think that's kind of, it's kind of clear. And, and, um, and we've talked about this before. I mean, you do have to give him some props here. Number one, for not being Attorney General Bill Barr. Not a big deal, but he's not Bill Barr. Uh, he's... He's not a lot of the attorneys general that we've had in, in recent years who jump to conclusions, get ahead of themselves, and do things that they might uh, regret later on. It's happened a lot. And this is a big deal case, and it's a big wide case. When he says this is the largest investigation that the Justice Department of the United States has ever done, uh, you've got to believe him. He's not lying about that. Because there are just so many assholes, <laughs> there's so many jerks, and so much material. Britt, does this does this stun you? This stun me. The amount of email that these people were writing to each other, revealing the plans, right? Admitting that what they're planning was fake, 
Right. They, they, and they put it in an email. Now, there's a big gap between what, you know, the Don, the leader of the mafia here, does. He doesn't write emails. He doesn't send texts. He tries to put nothing in writing. He doesn't even write sticky notes. He wants nothing in writing. And you know, that's part of the difficulty in trying to get a 100% airtight case against him that has to hold up not only in court in front of a jury, but would stand up to appeal. And that's what, um, you know, did, did John Gotti do that? No, they, you know, they're, they're very careful about it. that. Doesn't mean you know, in a case of John Gotti, of course they were bugging his place and there's, there's all kinds of really grainy video of him making deals in restaurants and shit, but he didn't explicitly write things out either because that's how they operate. And uh, Michael Cohn has written about this and talked about it forever. It's, you know, Donald Trump doesn't spell out what you're supposed to do. He just has the look. And you know what the look means. The look means get it done. You figure it out. Don't worry about it. But in this case, uh, Donald Trump has left a trail because there are too many people that he had conversations with who are now saying this is what he said uh, we have uh the former defense secretary for five minutes there near the end who says this bullshit and and brit tell me how many times you've heard on right wing anything that i don't know what the big deal here is donald trump called for the national guard yeah twenty thousand troops three days before but they yeah. won't tell you about that. Right. And, of course, the reason that, quote, they, meaning you, me, the Washington Post, the, New York, the reason we won't talk about that is because it's not true. And the defense secretary of the United States at the time says that just never happened. Trump never did that. And you can see how it's a perfect, phony, fraudulent lie that Donald Trump would make up it gets out there into the water, and it moves and moves and moves, and they start repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. And next thing you know, that's one of the phony lies, the defenses. When you see um, Jordan Klepper or the uh, the Irish guy from, from CNN, Donnie o, O'Toole, whatever the fuck his name is, go out there and interview these Trump people, they repeat all this stuff right to them. Right. Uh, they will repeat all these kind of lies. Uh, you know, another one is Nancy Pelosi was in charge of security at the Capitol. Why didn't she do anything? Well, right. here's why. Because she's not in charge of security at the Capitol. She's not. It's, it's not true. But, Britt, I'll bet you that every person who's a Trumper and a believer and a most Republican, they, they absolutely believe that that's true. How come Newt Gingrich who was Speaker of the House, how come he doesn't come forward and talk about all the security that he was in charge in when he was Speaker? I haven't heard that yet. I wonder why. I'll bet you he's pretty silent about this because even Newt Gingrich knows that that's bullshit. But mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. That's just uh, part of the bullshit over on the right side of the scale here that they keep you know, tossing out there. Um, wasn't, wasn't one of the great points of... Rush, the Rush Limbaugh show is that he wanted the audience just to parrot back the stuff that he was saying to them. And that's why he would repeat the stuff over and over again. Wasn't that kind of the point 
and then others in talk radio and conservative media just basically pick that up. I just need these people to parrot back the stuff that I'm saying to them. If it's not true, I don't care. If there's no facts, facts to it at all, it doesn't matter. That's and I, that's what this seems to be is in kind of an outgrowth of all that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's certainly a, a variation, maybe even the same thing. I mean, it it resulted in the shorthand dittos. Ditto's rush. Ditto's exactly. When, when someone would call him up and say, "Ditto's rush," you know, you're listening to someone with no critical thinking skills. It, it's much easier, and you know, the the brilliance of Rush as a as a radio guy was that he knew just how far to push it, being half serious and half bullshit, and the stupider you were, the more seriously you took his bullshit. The more gullible you were, the more likely you were to just take everything that he said and just run with it. And don't worry about thinking, I'll do it for you. I'll tell you what to think, and you're fine. So he would joke and say things like that. And it wasn't a joke for a lot of people because they trusted him. They trusted him. Mm -hmm. uh, he wouldn't lie. Rush wouldn't lie. But that was, and, that, and that's how you fashion these narratives out of out of whole cloth and the idea. And then you know you, you chase these rabbits like Benghazi. Uh, Hillary Clinton was just she let these people die. And Hillary Clinton was in bed with Susan Rice and all this other shit. But people they would just parrot that stuff back, and that matter, results right. it, it results in millions upon millions upon millions of dollars investigations that go absolutely nowhere. And then eventually they just let it fade away. You you just gave me an idea here. We need a new label for what Donald Trump is uh, primarily responsible for pushing now for years. It should be called the biggest lie, yeah. not the big lie. It's the biggest. the biggest lie because there have been a lot of big ones. You just named a couple of them. Barack Obama, not born in the United States, an illegal immigrant who should never have been allowed to run, let alone win an election and be the president. That's a big lie. Now, at the time, it actually had the biggest lie mantle. But, of course, because Trump came along and he, uh, of course, was a, a proponent of that big lie, in a sense, that's kind of just an, an interwoven part of this biggest lie. Because uh, think about it. Barack Obama, an American citizen who legitimately won two presidential elections, he's the interloper. He's the foreigner. He's the guy who should have never been president versus me, Donald Trump, who in 2000, and also, by the way, in 2016, I won the popular vote. I was just cheated out of it by the system because it was right after he was uh, elected by the Electoral College only he lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton by, what, about three or four million votes? Mm -hmm. but, but his ego had already completely consumed him to the point where the minute the election was decided and he was actually in power, the first thing he did was he formed that phony election commission to dig in to the fraud that denied him that 
popular vote victory, which he claimed was stolen from him in a stolen election. So think of the, you know, think of a house. This was the foundation because Donald Trump claimed fraud in the first election that he won because of the Electoral College, but he won the election. But it killed him. He he couldn't handle the fact that he lost the popular vote. So they made up those lies about Hillary trucking in all those illegal. Remember that whole situation? There were buses full of illegal immigrants. (laughs) So so that's been there all of this time. It's never gone away. And it was kind of a natural outgrowth. And when you think of horrendous creatures like Steve Bannon being in on it all the way going back to 2015 and 2016. And you can bet your bottom dollar that, that Steve Bannon was, was right there at the beginning of Trump's presidency and pushed hard to have this uh, investigation into the irregularities in the 2016 election that denied Donald Trump a popular vote victory, although we know for sure, we absolutely know for sure that Steve Bannon knew it was bullshit, but that didn't matter because at that point, clearly you knew that the road to success in the Republican party and in, 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 in Trumpism was to just tell Trump whatever he wanted to hear. And that's, that, and that's never stopped. It's just, it's just never stopped. So the, the path from, from there to where we are today it's straight, it's narrow, it's well-defined, and it's never deviated. And the clip we played you know, a half hour ago of Josh Hawley, that's right out of the playbook. Mm-hmm. That's right out of the playbook. Just, just look into the camera and lie about the fact that you're on the wrong side of history that you were caught red-handed by a camera, security camera in the Capitol, running for your life by the very people who were going to come kill you, who you just, you know, hours before had raised your hand in solidarity with. What happened? You mean they turned on you? Donald Trump was sure that the weapons were never going to be used on him uh, back at the the, uh, rally at the Capitol. Uh, Capitol! but josh hawley apparently not quite as sure because if he was so sure that he was on the right side and with trump and with trump's supporters who had inhabited the capital then he would have stood there and handed out hors d'oeuvres sure shook your hands them flowers right, hugged them right. Done done here's a cookie yeah I'm one of you. No, no, don't do anything to me. Ah! <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's right out of the playbook. It's it, it, it's totally there. But but they're, they're being exposed bit by bit by bit. And I guess you know the problem that that a lot of folks have with with Merrick Garland is he is Joe Friday. He is Jack Webb. <laughs> In Dragnet, and he does it. He does it by the book. He's this is a this is part of the situation that we have with uh, that I was talking about with Rory Cooper, the governor of North Carolina. He's not Mister Excitement. Merrick Garland's a very boring guy. He doesn't get out there and and just wow you with his charisma. I mean, sorry, that's that's not going to happen. That's not the job that he does. He's very good at what he does, and but he you don't have to be you know Dave Chappelle 
when you hit the stage. You don't have to be Mick Jagger. It's a whole different situation. I, I get people's frustrations. I truly do. But I still have faith that this guy, based on his track record, you've gone over it many times, what he was able to do and what he's done in a very deliberate way. And he's doing – he's taking all deliberate steps in this one. But he's – he's the ball is getting moved down the field. The matriculation is happening. Um, and I feel like he's really building the case. And I don't know yeah. if people – people might be saying the January 6th committee is doing his work for him. I don't know. However we get there, I don't care. You know? No, uh- the, the January 6th committee is great. They're doing a lot of work. It's obviously very helpful to them. Yes. Um, but, and I can't ever prove this, but I just, I think it's true, that whenever you see Trump's behavior, particularly his public behavior, get even more wacky than it normally is, which is crazy, but when he goes full wacky, I think it's because he feels the heat. He feels the heat. Yeah, he does. For, and for, for all we know, he knows exactly how close they are to him. He probably knows. And uh, he, he can't say it. He can't allude to it. He can't talk about it. But I think that that, that does get revealed. And I, I thought that Merrick Garland's answers to Lester Holt's questions on Tuesday were, frankly, they're exactly what you want to hear out of an attorney general that, you know, we're going to prosecute whoever has broken the law without fear nor favor, nor will we let the timing of anything outside of it deter us from that mission. Now, you can try to parse his words and say, yeah, but... Uh, is that going to hold true if Trump is a declared candidate? Blah, blah. You, you can do that. But at a certain point, you have to take him at his word. You have to take him at his word. And we'll see, you know, only in retrospect, whether they gathered all of the evidence that we've seen from the January 6th commission. And as we like to say in radio and more, uh, <laughs> and whether they thought that they could put together an airtight case because the well there's there are three outcomes here right mm-hmm. they get the evidence they decide they have enough they indict him and he gets convicted he gets convicted or number two they gather all this evidence and they decide they don't have enough evidence quite that couldn't be taken apart through doubts shadow of a doubt not a hundred percent can't be 98 percent. it's got to be a hundred percent irrefutable things and they said it's we can't do it we we do not want to do that um so we're not going to indict we're not going to charge and then there's the third outcome which is that they do that and lose in court and trump beats the rap okay um so uh, two out of the three are not really very satisfying, uh, but they could happen. They could happen, two out of the three. But the preponderance of evidence, which grows every day, and the January 6th commission is, and I'm sure this is torturing the shit out of Trump, they're letting out more pieces of evidence day by day by day, including, isn't it great when, when suddenly there's like a new lawyer 
who, who gets becomes part of the story, another asshole lawyer who put in writing uh, ways that he thought that they could screw things up enough to throw enough sand in the gears of the process to reinstall Trump as president. Um, this got to be driving Trump crazy. And I know that defenders are saying, oh, this is not fair. You shouldn't be doing this. Hey, baby, you know, they ain't bringing a butter knife to this fight. Too no. bad. Yeah. How's it feel? Sorry. Get used to it. Uh, you need to do um, the. And, and, you know, they they want to keep everybody. They want to keep everybody uh, tuned in who's interested all the way through August. Yeah. So when they have more hearings and and tr- remember, if during the hearings when they held up and they they delayed one for a couple days, remember that because I suddenly do. more shit was coming in. They right. wanted to organize it. All right. So imagine what's going to happen over the next month or five weeks. How much is going to come in? Lots. Because right now, if you're one of these people who is Mr. Tough Guy or Miss Tough Guy, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to crack. There's no way. But you're seeing you know, Steve Bannon get get convicted. You're seeing the heat turned up. You're seeing Mike Pence's chief of staff testifying, um, not to the January 6th committee, but to the Justice Department in a grand jury situation. He's the, he was there, and this isn't a he's not hiding, and he's talked about. It. So suddenly now you're not at the level of chief of staff. You're you're at the next level down, and you you've been kind of hiding out, or maybe didn't volunteer some things that you knew. You've got a whole month now to think about this and pick up the phone. They'll take your call. Operators are standing by twenty four seven, and if you call now, we'll give you a second sitting in front of the panel. For free, but wait, there's more. Just pay for shipping and handling. Yeah. Um, we need to do the uh, conservative Jews. They don't want you story. Oh yeah, this is uh, this is as, this is a one here. As we work in some breaking news, which is no surprise at all, the Fed has raised those interest rates by seventy-five basis points, three quarters of a point, however you want to say it. That was already kind of baked into the cake, so the market is not reacting terribly negative to that because they kind of knew it was coming. Let me look here. Uh, it's right where it was. Okay. Um, a top ally for that asshole who's running for governor in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. A top ally now says that Jews should not be welcome into the American conservative movement unless they convert to Christianity. Oh, that's where nice. have I heard that one before. That's nice. This is uh, original reporting from the Jerusalem Post. The guy's name is Andrew Torba, T-O-R-B-A, and he's founder of the uh, social media website called Gab. Do you know that one, Gab? I don't think I know that one. <laughs> there are so many good ones. You can't be expected to know them all. Uh, this is the site that Doug Mastriano, the uh, asshole Republican nominee for governor, used to promote his campaign. And Torba said he believes that American conservatism should be for Christians only. Yeah, the conservatives should reject right-wing Jews like Ben Shapiro and this other guy, Dave Rubin, not quite as famous as Shapiro, but he's, he's got the same vibe going on. He's got a, he's got a podcast and, and all these other kind of things. 
Here's the quote. We don't want people who are Jewish. We don't want people who are, you know, non-believers, agnostic, whatever. This is an explicitly Christian movement because this is an explicitly Christian country. We're not saying we're going to deport all these people or whatever. You're free to stay here. You're not going to be forced to convert or anything like this because uh, that's not a biblical whatsoever. That's what he said. That's the quote. But you're going to enjoy the fruits of living in a Christian society under Christian laws, under a Christian culture, and you can thank us later. I have a question, just, you know, without you know, re- responding to the insanity. I noticed the uh, phrase Judeo-Christian doesn't get used anymore yeah. Yeah. by these uh, people. Uh, oh, we forgot. Where, to, where, uh, geez. What happened to Judeo? Where, where yeah. did Judeo go? Yeah. Oh, it's so unfortunate. We forgot to work that one in. Huh. Yeah. He explained, Mr. Torba, that he believes that it's so damn important for Doug Mastriano to win because it would pave the way for a full-blown theocracy, which, which is what, of course, we're all hoping for. Uh, this is the most important election of 2022 because Doug is an outspoken Christian. He's going to turn this state around for the glory of God. That's the mission here. There you go. There you go. So, John Fetterman, get it done, buddy. Get yep. it done. I, I hope his health is, uh, is, is improving every day. You know, he had a stroke right before the election. Um, but this, this is what's out there, Britt. I mean, I don't Absolutely. know what to say. I mean, this, no. this, this story needs to be publicized. It needs to be known that this is, this is what's out there. And I, I don't think that uh, this is the, the general take of uh, the majority of people in Pennsylvania who are going to be voting for their, for their next governor. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. But because, you know, uh, Mastriano is, is uh, way too close in the election to make it comfortable right now. There are way too many people. That is correct, sir. This, I think. Right. And in conclusion, we are sorry for killing off uh, Tony Dow, although we had some help. It was his people on his Facebook page that really fucked that whole thing up yesterday. Yeah. Hey, but isn't it great to see that social media can still be a yeah. completely horrible, irresponsible method of transmitting false information that, of course, can't be, you know, you couldn't expect Facebook to, to know whether the guy was still alive or not. But wow, poor, poor Tony. I mean, he's, I think he's in a hospice anyway, and he's not doing, doing well, but uh, what can you say? It's just, it's just terrible that that, that kind of shit gets out there. It really, it really is. 